Well, you know what they say, April showers bring Zay Flowers and Lamar Jackson, of course. And on this first day of May edition of Locked on Ravens, we talk about how the Ravens became top Super Bowl contenders overnight or over the weekend of the 2023 NFL Draft. We also talk about the Ravens 2023 draft class, getting into Zay Flowers, also talking Trenton Simpson, the Ravens Day 3 selections and more. We'll also dive into what the Ravens could still do with their roster with some added flexibility. All that and more coming up next here on this Monday edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, for being here with me today, taking a listen here and making us your first listen each and every day here on our show. We're free and available everywhere, all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube as well. So you can subscribe for free, both on YouTube here, where we're almost at 4,000 subscribers. I really appreciate that. Or an audio form like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I really appreciate all the audio listeners as well. We're a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast, so any Ravens news, analysis, updates, and more, we have it here for you, whether you're an everydayer who tunes in every single Monday through Friday, or if this is your first time or you're coming back to the channel for a first time in a little while, welcome in or welcome back. And if you have a friend or a family member who's a fan of the Ravens, wants a Ravens perspective on things, throw them over here our way. Unlocked on Ravens. I really do appreciate that. And we're back. It is Monday, the Monday after the draft, post-draft here. And we had a super fun draft weekend. We streamed four times in three days. Lamar Jackson signed his extension. We did we did everything. And we we it was really fun being able to interact with everybody who tuned who tuned into those live streams. And if you didn't get the chance to or haven't listened back to any of our draft weekend content, be sure to do so. And you can always turn notifications on here on YouTube if you want to be a part of those live streams as you can interact with me there in the chat. We have a lot to talk about today here, and I'm really excited about the future of this team, and I know it was a very hard April for the Ravens, at least up until the end, but then right at the end there, right on draft day, Lamar Jackson signs his extension, the Ravens draft Zay Flowers, and they have a pretty good overall draft weekend, and that's where I say, you know what, the April showers, they were there. But it brought Zay Flowers. Obviously, the original saying is Mayflowers. But and I, I will admit, I did not come up with that. I think the NFL put it out first, and maybe someone else did. But it was too good not to use. So I give credit to any to the person who created it. But we'll talk about in the first segment how the Ravens, I think, became overnight top Super Bowl contenders and what they were able to do over the course of draft weekend. And obviously that does include Lamar Jackson's extension. We'll talk about what that all means for the team and how they can compete in this very talented AFC and obviously for a championship. Then in the second segment, I do want to do a little bit more of a review of the Ravens draft class. We'll dive a little bit deeper into the prospects the Ravens selected. And then in the final segment, we'll talk about what the Ravens could actually continue to do with that roster. Today's actually a very big day with this, I believe being the last day you can pick up fifth year options. So uh, Patrick Queen decision, I think, has to be coming here. And then also, now free agents do not count. At May 1st, this is the deadline. Those free agents now do not count against the compensatory pick formula, and we know how much the Ravens love that. So we could see a couple more free agent signings for the Ravens with that added flexibility that they got from that Lamar Jackson deal. But let's dive into the content here. 
first starting off with why I think the Ravens did turn themselves into overnight top Super Bowl contenders. And now th- there's a long list of, of top Super Bowl contenders, especially in the AFC. It's a very talented conference. Quarterbacks galore, you know, with Lamar, you have to talk about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence and, and Tua Tagovailoa and, and Aaron Rodgers and all these, I'm even leaving out some, but all these very, very talented quarterbacks. But the Ravens, I think, with Lamar's extension, first of all, that to me signals, one, we don't have to worry anymore about whether it's going to be Lamar. Is he going to is he going to sit out the year? How's the franchise tag situation going to go? Is it going to be Tyler Huntley? Lamar's the guy. Lamar's going to suit up for them. Plus, they now have the added flexibility, which we'll get more into in that final segment. His extension itself is just such a win for them. And not only that, but they also bring in Zay Flowers. They bring in a very talented wide receiver to put next to Odell Beckham, to put next to Rashad Bateman. Does that mean they're automatically going to win the Super Bowl? No, they still have roster holes and roster flaws. I'm not going to ignore those. They're still very much there, much like every team has those. And they're not a perfect team. They're going to have to overcome a little bit this year too. But I think they have put themselves in position to be very, very competitive. And it does start with what was able to happen with Lamar Jackson. That cloud is now gone. It feels like the vibes are back. I mean, if you remember last year, even like towards the middle of the season, it didn't feel like Lamar was having fun. It felt like there was this cloud hanging over the team. And it, it didn't really feel like back in 2019, that team had fun. They were dancing all around. And obviously they were winning a bunch. They went 14 and two and one twelve straight. So obviously that helps winning cures everything as the saying goes. But I think now you, you just get a sense of the vibes are back. Everybody's just super excited now. And it's it's kind of crazy how it, because it happened on draft day. The Lamar extension was like, it obviously was amazing. But then it was like, okay, let's turn the attention to the draft now. So we'll continue talking about Lamar's extension. The specifics of it is those details are going to come out here throughout the course of the rest of the week. But so they, they bring Lamar back. They add Zay Flowers. And they also bring in depth along the edges at other positions. I mean... Bringing in Trenton Simpson, I think, is a big win for them. Wasn't my favorite pick, I'll admit, but that's not to say he's not going to be a good player. I think what the Ravens can do here is utilize him in multiple different ways. And obviously, I think the, the next question becomes, what does happen with Patrick Queen? I'm sure we'll get answers on that very soon. But if you can keep Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, and Trenton Simpson together, Trenton Simpson's versatility allows the Ravens to plug and play him either as an off-ball linebacker, on the edge, it is a slot guy. Like you, you can literally move him around anywhere on that defense. You know, you can play him over the top. You can play him on the defensive line. Literally, he's like the he's like the positionless defensive coordinator's dream. And Mike McDonald, we know how he loves to move those guys around. And obviously, even before Mike McDonald was there, Don Martindale did it. But the, these are just chess pieces for Mike McDonald. The Ravens also add more depth on that defense, bringing in Tavius Robinson from Ole Miss, who I think is going to be pretty solid. Doesn't have to step into a huge role, but again, it's depth. Caillou Blue Kelly, I think, can make an impact this year for them. I don't know what his role is going to be. I don't know what the corner position is going to look like. We'll talk about that in the final segment. But a lot of this really has to do with the fact that over the course of ever since they brought in Odell, there's been plenty of conversation about how is this offense going to improve? What's it going to look like? Plus the fact that they bring in Todd Munkin here and you still have J.K. Dobbins, you still have Gus Edwards, you know, you still have Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. You get your franchise quarterback. You bring in another weapon form there. 
plus on the defensive side of the ball, that's where, you know, there are some glaring holes. Obviously, corner is one of those, but again, we'll, we'll get to that. Defensive line, how's it going to hold up without Clayus Campbell there anymore? Can Justin Matibike step up even more? Project Washington, what can Travis Jones do? It's the edge position, right? Well, what's that going to look like? Is Adafe Owe going to finally be able to break through? That's a big question. It's a really big question. How's David Ajabo going to look? Is Tyus Bowser, he's consistent but he can't be the only one. So what's, is it going to be, they're going to bring Justin Houston back. Are they going to make a move there? They, they have stuff to work out there, but then you have players like Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey. And we saw the way this defense played and how they kind of got their bearings under Mike McDonald as the season went on. That does give me confidence. Again, is, is this a team that's guaranteed a Super Bowl? No, of, of course not. They have to work for it. And they're going to have to go through a lot of talented teams in that conference just to get to the Super Bowl to have a chance to play for it. And they're going to have to continue to address this roster and, and try to fine tune it as best as they can. But if they can do that, and again, this is more of a third segment topic, but I'll kind of tease it now. They can add a cornerback or two veteran wise. They can add a veteran edge rusher. They can just fill in those needs along the edges. I really think this is going to be one of the better rosters the Ravens have had in the last couple of seasons, just from, from a whole perspective, a round perspective. I think, I think it really, really can be. So to me, I think they have catapulted themselves into that conversation, especially after they signed Odell. And look, a lot the other, the, the questions about Odell too, and Rashad Bateman, right? Can they stay healthy? If they can't stay healthy, what's that room going to look like? I mean, that's a really big question because a lot of, a lot of this does hinge on the health, but let's be honest. That's every team. And if the Ravens aren't healthy, the, the the percentage goes down. As I said during the 2021 season, I, I had to say it so much if you were listening to me back then, is with every player the Ravens lose, either for the season or for multiple weeks, their ceiling goes down and their floor goes down because those players have an impact. So the other question is with Lamar, what type of Lamar are we going to get? Are we going to get the weeks one through three Lamar of last year where he looked like the front runner for MVP? Are we going to get the rest of the year, Lamar, which admittedly did not look as good as we had hoped? You know, the Cincinnati game, he was missing wide open deep throws. And, you know, there were a couple of poor decisions here and there. But it's going to be a matter of what, what Lamar shows up for them. I think it's going to be a motivated Lamar. And I think it's the, the distraction element is going to go away. I think everybody can say, well, you know, they tabled the talks. It wasn't a distraction. I, I think it was. Was, the, was Lamar in the middle of a game, in the middle of a pass saying, Where's my money? No, <laughs> at least I wouldn't think so. But at the same time, I think what they have done to build around Lamar, bringing in Todd Munkin, I think is also super huge. They can still run the football effectively. The offensive line, you know, the guard position, you know, left guards, a, a question mark for sure. But, you know, I think they have options at least. But with Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum and Kevin Zeitler and Morgan Moses, you at least know who four of your five guys are going to be. You can either make a Ben Powers replacement a, a Ben Cleveland or maybe it's you move Daniel Falele into guard or you play someone else Patrick McCarry can be a full-time guy although I, I still I will say it I will scream it from the rooftops I still like him as a super six guy but I think the Ravens you know the course of these last couple of days have been great for them I think it, it has switched up the vibes and I think that what they have done you know was it was it an absolutely perfect draft no but I liked I liked it a lot and I think the Lamar extension again or the contract gives the Ravens flexibility and gives them the cloud of sunshine, not the cloud of thunder, the cloud of rain. So that to me is also very, very important. Again, got to go through a lot of talent, but I do think Baltimore increased their chances of, of being a true, true Super Bowl contender here 
with this draft and their draft performance, especially with the Lamar situation. But coming up on our second segment, we'll be diving into a bit about that 2023 draft class, a little bit diving into each prospect, a tiny bit more, talking Zay Flowers, talking Trenton Simpson, and a lot more. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever in Built. And if you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you with Built Bars and Built Puffs. And Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing, and they taste so amazing, you won't even think they're that good for you. You really have to try these. What makes them so good is for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they only have 130 calories four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And I don't even need to wait to get a box for you. I've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, and I can get them at your local Walmart or a Sam's Club while I can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors such as brownie better puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. We're back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens, Monday edition, May 1st. Kevin Ostriker still here with you, talking Ravens, talking the 2023 draft for Baltimore, which, again, I think I think was pretty good for him. So thank you again for tuning in here on Locked On Ravens. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleStriker34. I'm also going to try. I, I know I put it back out in November. I kind of made the pages as Twitter was seemingly going down. But I'm, I'm going to try to be... Active now on Instagram and, and Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Same at ChaosStriker34. That'll be, I guess, more picture content over there. And then Facebook is just my name. It's the same profile picture I have on Twitter and Instagram, that page. So just, you know, way, way to branch out to different social platforms. I'm really excited about those two pages. So be sure to give them a follow. Give, give them a like as well. I appreciate that. But let's talk about the Ravens and their draft class. 2023 was six. It was six total draft picks. They came into the draft with five. They end with six. Zay Flowers, obviously the prize, the 22nd overall pick first rounder of that class. A lot of people super excited about him. Now, look, definitely on the smaller side, right? He's a smaller receiver. But I think for what he brings, the skill set, not afraid to go for the football. He's someone who is very aggressive at the catch point. And I think for him, his route running is just, it's incredible. I shared multiple clips over the course of draft weekend about what he can do as a route runner. That in the middle of the field for Lamar Jackson, especially when he can get out into space. I mean, if if you can dump it off to him, let him work in space, get blockers out in front of him. I think with Todd Monk and with Odell, with Rashad Bateman, with Zay Flowers, these guys will be able to – tons of ankles will be broken, first of all. There will be ankles all over the field. And factor in Lamar there too. Ankles everywhere. But at the same time now, you have options. You can roll Lamar out if you want to, get the ball to Zay Flowers, and just have him work in the middle of the field, have him work in space. And I really, really like that. He's a very balanced player. I think his contact balance is great. His, his overall balance is great as well. I really like that. So to me, this is a player that, again, the Ravens do need size in their wide receiver room. But Zay Flowers plays bigger than, than his actual height. He plays bigger than his size. And I think for a player like Miles Boykin, who was huge but didn't play to his, he played a lot smaller than his size, I'd rather have the small guy that plays big than a big guy that plays small. So that's just me there. The other receiver on the board was Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigbo and Quentin Johnston both went both two and then one pick before the Ravens ended up taking Zay Flowers. And I thought that was fine. I thought for Jordan Addison, I know that for some people really love Jordan. I, I, he was my pick. Jordan Addison was my pick, but I was very happy with Zay Flowers. I was content with that pick. Would I have taken a corner there? Probably. I mean, I, I like Joey Porter Jr. a lot. He ended up going to Pittsburgh with the first pick 
in the second round, but I just don't think Baltimore liked this corner class, if we're being honest. Didn't feel like they liked it. The first guy they took, we'll talk about fifth rounder. So I don't know. It just didn't feel like they liked that class. But moving on to Trenton Simpson, linebacker from Clemson. I know this was a little bit of a shocker for some people. Trenton Simpson is a guy who can play all over the field. He is extremely, extremely athletic. Actually profiles very similar to what Roquan Smith ended up doing during his 2018 draft profile. And he actually said, you know, grew up in, in Georgia and said that he tries to model his game after Roquan Smith. So that, that was pretty cool for him to be able to say. But he's not a traditional off-ball linebacker. You can obviously play him there, and I think it does raise questions about Patrick Queen's future with the team. But Trenton Simpson is someone you can play everywhere. He's a, he's a Swiss Army knife. He's a chess piece on defense. And for the Ravens, who we saw them move Kyle Hamilton around a bunch, they obviously Chuck Clark when he was in Baltimore, they moved him around a ton too. This is an opportunity for the Ravens to really find out where they can plug and play a player like this who has the athletic traits. And the Ravens loved the traits of this draft. They loved the RAS stuff. That That's what they were targeting, it felt like, in Trenton Simpson. And Eric DaCosta gave very, I guess, valuable insight into this in terms of what the third round looks like for them because they, they didn't have a second round pick because of, of the trade for Smith. But that he ended up saying that, yeah, the Ravens had seven or eight guys on their board at the beginning of the third round, and then by the end it was one, and it was Trent Simpson. So the Ravens are a BPA team. Should surprise no one. They ended up going for their BPA there. So Trent Simpson, again, wasn't my necessarily favorite pick in the world, but I do understand the vision. I, I, I didn't think Patrick Queen had a long-term future in Baltimore with the Roquan Smith deal before Trent Simpson was picked. I definitely do not think he does now. I think there's a shot. I think there's a shot that he could stay for one more year. But at this point, I just feel like there's no way the Ravens ended up bringing him back on a long-term deal with, with what's gone down there over the past couple of months of the position. Moving on to day three, Tavius Robinson, the first pick out of Ole Miss there, an edge rusher slash defensive lineman. You can move him inside. You can kick him outside. He's a jack-of-all-trades guy again. I, I, I project him more on the outside with, with the potential to kick inside. Someone who's all around the football. Force fumbles galore at Ole Miss. And he's someone, he super, his length is super, super length for him. And for some plays that for normal edge rushers would be sacks or tackles or whatever, he gets his arm in the position to get the football out. And we know this Ravens defense wants to be a high turnover defense. They were not that in 2021. They were absolutely that in 2022. So with what we know Marlon Hummer can do, punching the football out. Marcus Peters, when he was there, maybe he comes back. A little tease for the third segment. But the Marlon Humphrey play style is, I think, very, very transferable to teammates. We saw that. I think teammates picked up on it. And for Tavius Robinson, I, I hope he's able to force some turnovers in Baltimore. He's more of a developmental piece, plenty of room to grow. And he acknowledged that, you know, had a dream of playing in the CFL and then was looking for a Power 5 school scholarship, went to Ole Miss for three years, talk, talked about his unique path, which was very interesting. But, again, developmental piece. Fine pick in my book, no no complaints. But then you go to Caillou Blue Kelly. I love this pick. I love Caillou Blue Kelly here. The corner class, I think, was very deep. I don't think the Ravens thought it was. I don't think they really liked it. But Caillou Blue Kelly is someone, very smart football player, four-year guy at Stanford, ended up starting for two years there. Very instinctual, can play both in man and in zone. I think a very interesting insight in terms of what both are. Also in press can be very good as well, kind of jamming guys at the line. But he's all over the football. Only three interceptions for him at Stanford, but over 20 pass deflections. And you can see it, you know, very – he's someone who understands the game and also has a cool deal with Microsoft for video games, kind of an insight into what who he is. But 
the game is where you go back and like as a SEAL Team 6 stop historical event. So a little nice tidbit there on Caillou Blue Kelly. But I do like this pick. I think he can actually contribute immediately. I think he is more pro-ready than some of the other guys we saw taken. And I think that's what the Ravens need right now with, I think, the lack of depth in their corner room. So solid pick there. Then two offensive linemen. I'm still trying to get the name down. I apologize again if I just absolutely butcher it here. Malisala Omave Laulu, the offensive tackle from Oregon. The offensive lineman from Oregon was the pick there. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the name down. It's, it's a tough one. I know all about tough names. Though, so no excuses but regardless he's someone big 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 guy and i think he projects more as an inside guy like i'd probably kick him into guard he's someone who is extremely powerful puts guys in the dirt but that you're, you're swinging on traits here you know super athletic and has the, the prototypical size that you want can move out in space but obviously needs technique work and just you know he's not there yet so i think this is kind of a project piece for the ravens which i guess is fine at the end of the day i mean they do need a left guard but Again, are you going to find your left guard in the sixth round? Maybe it's possible, but again, I think that's a fine pick. And then the Ravens trade into the seventh round. They trade their sixth rounder in 2024 to Cleveland to take Andrew Voorhees. And I, this is a plus for me. I love this pick quick backstory. Andrew Voorhees, if you don't know already towards ACL at the combine in 2023, and then ended up still doing the bench press with the, you know, the huge brace on had the crutches Did 38 reps, which was the most, the most among all players at the combine. He is strong. He is powerful, has the build. And Ian Rappaport on NFL Network after the pick was made said that the Ravens felt comfortable trading up for him because they thought he was going to be around three or round four selection. That's where I had him too before the injury. And then that they believe he's going to be a starter eventually. I would not put it past Andrew Voorhees being their starting guard in 2024, either on the left side or the right side, depending on the timeline of Kevin Zeitler. So I thought that was a great pick for them. I gave them a B plus slash A minus. I thought this was a very good draft for them. There were some swings on upside. You know, there were some other players that were BPA that maybe some people wouldn't have taken. I would have probably still taken a corner in the first round, but that does not mean I don't like the Zay Flowers pick. Do not get that twisted. So to me, again, yeah, B plus A minus for me with this draft. I think they were they were one of the big draft winners. I liked what the Colts did. Honestly, I liked what the Steelers did. I thought the Bengals had a solid draft as well. Uh, the Eagles, they had a good draft. But I, I think you put Baltimore in that conversation of draft winners too. But coming up in our final segment, we'll be diving into what the Ravens could still do with their roster over the coming days here. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot still to talk about on Lockdown Ravens. We're back here. Our final segment of Lockdown Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher, your host. Still talking Ravens football, of course, with you. Thank you again for being here with me today. Be sure again to subscribe to the channel on YouTube. You're almost to 4,000, which is amazing. Also, be sure to like the video as well and turn notifications on. Then in audio form, it's the same show, both audio and video. You're not missing out on anything. Don't worry. Be sure to follow along there. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, however you listen. But the Ravens, just because the draft is over does not mean they're done. There's still work to do. You know, as Marcus Peters said, I think we ain't done yet. And I don't think they're done yet. I don't think they're done yet because – there's still opportunities to add. I think, again, Lamar extension as we continue to get those numbers in, or contract extension, whatever you want to call it, as we continue to get those numbers in, the $32.4 million franchise tag cap hit. It's no more. I'm anticipating maybe a first-year cap hit for Lamar, $10 million, $15 million, $20 million. At the, time, at the time of this recording, I don't know the numbers, so maybe you know by the time you're watching this, but I don't. So if, if we're operating under that assumption, the Ravens do have an opportunity for one more big move if they want to or multiple solid like medium moves and i think they're probably going to lean towards the multiple solid or medium moves and the position you look at is corner and what they have now 
It is Marlon Humphrey. It is Brandon Stevens. It is Ty Blue Kelly. It is Pepe Williams. It is Jalen Armour Davis. It's Trayvon Mullen. You need more. You, you need more there. Now the Ravens brought in Rocky Asin for a visit, formerly of the Raiders. He, he was brought in, I think, when was it? Like mid-March, late March. And I think that he's going to end up being a guy who's in a Ravens uniform. It, it just makes a lot of sense. Again, the compensatory pick deadline. So any signing that's made after today, or at least, you know, May 1st, here's the deadline for it. It will not count against the compensatory pick formula anymore. You know, the Ravens value that. We've seen them operate around this before. Even two years ago with Orlando Brown, they had the deal with Alejandro Villanueva to happen after this deadline to make sure that he wouldn't count against the compensatory pick formula. Now, they shouldn't have made that move at all <laughs> because we know how it turned out. But regardless, that, that's my example I'm going to provide you for what they do with this deadline. Now, for Baltimore, Brock Yassin is an option. But another option is Marcus Peters, bringing him back. He's familiar with the system. He obviously loves Baltimore. He's beloved among the fan base. Did not have a great year last year, admittedly. You know, did not come off the ACL injury well. And it, it was it was clear, you know, had some moments, but also gave up a lot in coverage. There's a, there's a chance for a bounce back from him, from him. There's also a chance that he's just done, and he's not going to be the player he once was. That's a risky run which is why I, I don't think it's so far-fetched that they bring in both Rocky Essien and Marcus Peters. I think the Lamar extension frees them up to do something like that. And then right now, like if we look at it, again, I mentioned Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Blue Kelly, Brandon Stevens, et cetera. If you switch from that to Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and Rocky Essien as your top three with Brandon Stevens, Kyle Blue Kelly, Pepe Williams, you know, Jalen Armour Davis, et cetera, it, it does give you a little bit of a roster crunch. I think Trayvon Mullen is definitely good enough to make this roster. Do you keep seven corners? I don't, you might at this point, but where do you provide that? Where do you cut somebody? Are you cutting a guy you drafted last year? Are you cutting a solid potential guy? But at this point, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Rakestin is a very solid top three. And then I think Brandon Stevens and Kyle Blue Kelly and Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour Davis gives you a lot of depth there. You know, you have your top five guy, Marlon Humphrey. You have two solid veterans in Marcus Cena and Marcus Peters, and then you have the depth below those guys. I think that is a totally fine and acceptable, acceptable way to do things, especially because I think you only need to keep three or four safeties this year, considering I think some of the flexibility that some of these guys have to play safeties, such as Brandon Stevens or a guy like Pepe Williams, et cetera, they can do that. So that's one position. Another position you might be looking at is edge. In fact, I think you definitely are looking at edge. Justin Houston just feels like, a Raven again. This is a this is a pro Justin Houston podcast, by the way. He's a locked on Ravens legend here. We love Justin Houston on this show. I, I would love that move again. Knows the system, the veteran presence is known as Yoda among his teammates because of his, his knowledge, his his wise mind, and I, I think it's just a, it's, it'd be a good move for them. Obviously, he had nine and a half sacks last year. A scorching start to the year definitely tapered off as the year went on, but you can manage his snaps. If you're going to get the production you're going to get out of Adafi Owe, hopefully that is good production and not another subpar year. If Adafi Owe has another subpar year, it's time to panic about him. You know, some players take a really long time, a really long time, but I always go back to the Tyus Bowser example. Tyus Bowser in his first two years in the NFL didn't really do a lot. His third year, he really started to come on a little bit, and his fourth year was the breakout. I think for Adafi Owe, we immediately this we need to see a little bit more from him. We need to see the flashes. And if they don't get that, the S position, I think, becomes one of the weaknesses on this team. So if they get the production, I think it's fine. If they don't, I think you need to panic there a little bit. But I think Justin Newsom should be back or could be back 
either way there. Then you look around the other, you know, needs among the team. I don't think there are a ton inside linebackers, not a need, but what happens with Patrick Queen, we'll continue to have that conversation. I also think that for what Baltimore has, could they bring in a veteran guard? Maybe, but I think they'll kind of probably just roll with what they have. Maybe give Ben Cleveland the shot or kick Daniel Falele inside. So th- those are really what I see. I think corner is obviously the big one and edge is the second biggest. And then you kind of work. You ha- I think you have what you need mostly. Maybe depth signing here, depth signing there. But at least for what I see from this team, they have enough at most positions. But corner is the pressing one, especially in a league and in a conference where you have to go up against Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd twice a year, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Allen Robinson, I guess, twice a year. And then Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore twice a year. Those are all really, really good teams, really really good wide receiver rooms. You need to have guys to match that. So I would not be opposed for them bringing in both Marcus Peters and Rocky SC. And I think it's definitely one of them. But I think both would not be bad at all. But thank you for tuning in here to Locked on Ravens. That's all I have for you here today. One last reminder here. Be sure to subscribe to the channel, turn notifications on. Also, follow along in the audio form. And look out for Instagram content over at ChaosStriker34, Facebook content, Kevin Allstriker with the same profile picture I have on Twitter and Instagram, and obviously Twitter at ChaosStriker34. I'm going to get back here tomorrow. More Ravens content here. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.